spirit man, when we got born again, so it's a brand new spirit. It's not just a repaired spirit. It's a brand new spirit. Uh, and so, so that's fine. But our bodies have also been touched by sin, having a sin nature. And there's nothing you can fix. You can't fix it. You know, you can, you can keep it alive. You can keep it healthy. But you can't purify it to, this, to the point that it's, you know, that it's capable of uh, standing in the presence of the Lord, for example, right? Uh, and so we will get a new body at some point in time. Uh, and, uh, and the reason why is because of sin. So, you know, there's a lot of things uh, uh, that, and of course, scientists will be baffled because they'll try and figure out, well, why is, why is this thing going this way? And they'll come up with all kinds of crazy theories and ideas. And, uh, but the root of it is sin, right? And so it, uh, it's really easy from a spiritual standpoint to understand why, uh, you know, all of a sudden there's these crazy swings in weather patterns and temperatures and earthquakes and hurricanes and you know, and at some point we'll start seeing things in the sky. You know, I don't know what that what all that means. Uh, it's one of those things that when it happens, we'll know, oh, yeah, that's the thing that I was been talking about forever. You know, uh, you know, Ezekiel t- talked about seeing a wheel within a wheel. Nobody really knows what that means, you know, um, except I do remember years ago before as a Christian, I remember reading. We used to read the National Enquirer because it was, you know, the paper of record at the time. We you know that for us anyway, you know, it, you know, it was more truthful than the New York Times. But uh, uh, but we read that, and, and, and of course, one day I remember reading it and thinking, you know, it says UFO lands on White House lawn. And I'm thinking, why is nobody else talking about this? Seems like that would be a pretty big deal, right? I mean, you know, the UFO lands on the White House and, and E.T. comes out. Why isn't anybody else talking about this? You know, after a while you realize, oh, this is a lie, right? It's, it was all of a lie. But uh, I, remember, do, I do remember they were saying, well, even the Bible in Ezekiel. What's that? <laughs> they come for a pine. Yeah, well, um, uh, you know, who knows what uh, what E.T. would do, right? Uh, but um, uh, and the same thing with with the horoscopes, right? Because I used to read my horoscope, too. And I thought, well, I'm going to read what the other horoscopes say. And I thought, they're all saying the same thing. You know, you just make up these words, right? You're going to have a great day or something surprise will happen for you. You know, I mean, you're just saying words, you know. So uh, I know that there are some spiritual forces out there uh, of the enemy that can tell us things that appear supernatural or they are supernatural in a sense. They are not divine, but they are supernatural. Uh, and so, uh, but um, I'm glad I don't read any of this stuff anymore. But the whole point of it was one time I remember the, the, the paper said, the, the newspaper said that even Ezekiel said there's UFOs because it talked about a, a wheel with a wheel. So uh, being the Bible scholars that were employed by the National Enquirer, I guess they figured out that, you know, that uh, Ezekiel was talking about UFOs. Uh, and so, what, we, what he was talking about, I really don't have any idea. Uh, in fact, I haven't studied it, but um, uh, I don't know if anybody knows what that particular thing means. But I'm sure when it happens, we'll go, that's what he was talking about, right? Just like, uh, you know, all of, all of uh, the plan and life of Jesus was in the Old Testament, right? All the things that he was done, where he was born, where he was going to live, what he was going to do, you know, the anointing that was on his life, all of that was prophesied. Nobody understood it. And then Jesus showed up, and, and even when he showed up, the scholars were like, you ain't the Messiah, you know. Uh, and uh, it, took, it took people filled with the Spirit of God, you know, centuries to figure out all the things that were prophesied of Jesus, uh, you know, how all that came to be fulfilled in a lot of the writers, letters of Paul. Now, I remember, uh, you know, the story when Jesus, when he was, uh, on the road to Emmaus, right? And, he, and the two fellows were there and they were talking about what had happened after the resurrection. So Jesus is walking with them and, and they're, they're just having this discourse about 
all these things going on in Jerusalem and, and, and Jesus said, what things? And they're like, what do you mean, what things? You know, how do you not know what's been going on in Jerusalem? And, and uh, they said, no, but Jesus, so then, but then it says, but then Jesus went, started from Moses uh, and went through the whole story of his life in the Old Testament. I'm thinking, I would give anything to get a copy of that message. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine what, what Jesus told them about what this verse meant and what this verse meant and, and all of those things that we have no record of other than he said something, but we have no record of the specifics of that. Uh, and uh, and he, I guess if he said started from Moses, then it's whatever he said is in the Old Testament. But I still would like to have it. You know, I still would like to know what all he said. So we may just have to double up our, our studying and, and look at it. And, and I know a lot of people have done studies in that area to go out and, and find out what all things were said of Jesus uh, in the Old Testament. But, you know, there was one time even Moses said... Um, that there will, there, will, uh, there will be a prophet that will rise up that be like unto me. Uh, and then if you remember, over in, I think it's in John chapter 2, they were, asking, uh, they were asking John the Baptist, are you that prophet? And so when they were talking about that prophet, uh, they were talking about that, that prophet that was mentioned by Moses thousands of years ago. And of course, John said, I wasn't him, but... Uh, uh, but he, he, he is coming and he'll be here soon. Uh, and so anyway, it's, uh, uh, you know, there are, there are some things we can do to, to change uh, the patterns of weather. But, you know, they're, they're temporary because overall the earth is going to continue to strain under the, the weight of sin. And it rebels against that. Anything touched by the Lord will rebel against sin. Uh, and, um, um, and so, you know, it's... Uh, it's unfortunate, but we'll, we, we know that we'll be okay, right? We'll be all right, and we can, we can pray, and, and the Lord will take care of us. Amen? Uh, and so why don't we pray, and we'll get into the Word today. So, Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for blessing us, Father, with, with good Word. Father, we thank you that it's sure uh, and that it's unchangeable, Father. We thank you that uh, it's our responsibility by your Spirit to read your Word, Father, to understand it, that you will reveal and instruct and, and grant us wisdom and revelation from your word. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise for it, Father, the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and so we're, we're talking about prayer, and, and uh, let's read our scripture there in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, kind of, we started out with this scripture. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, and so, Watch and pray, watch and pray. You know, Jesus told us, watch and pray, right? Uh, and, um, you know, you're, 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 the watching is just being aware, right? Being aware of things that you need to be praying about. Uh, and, and so we need to be t- attentive to the Spirit of God because He will direct us uh, about things to pray. And the reason why He does that, one of the big reasons why, is because we are the representatives of the authority of the Lord on the earth. And so if the Lord wants things done in the earth, he will typically go through the church as opposed to just doing things sovereignly. You know, a lot of people, especially Facebook preachers, will tell you that, well, God's in control, right? Uh, and, you know, that there can't be further from the truth. If God was in control, there would, nobody would be hating on anybody, right? There'd be no murders or strife or there'd be no poverty or, or depression or there'd be no um, uh, anything, right? Wars and rumors of wars if God was really in control. Uh, God is in control where men allow him to be in control. Uh, and as long as men allow him to be in control, then he will be in control of their lives 
and the areas of their lives that they have the ability to influence. Uh, but, you know, that heathen out there that's not living for God, doesn't even know God, doesn't care about God. God's not in control of his life. Now, God can keep him from harming his children if the children will pray, right? So, that, so if that person wants to inflict harm to somebody in the church and that person knows their rights and privilege of the Lord, they can pray and use the name of Jesus and stand against that person uh, and keep them from harming them. But that doesn't change his will, right? So God's not a, he's still not in control of life. He just he hinders them from accomplishing their own desires and wills against his people. Uh, now, someday, the Lord Jesus will be in charge of everything, right? So uh, we know, and we're getting through that in the, uh, uh, on Sunday mornings, but at some point in time, the church gonna be, is going to be raptured. You know, there'll be seven years of tribulation. After seven years, then will be the millennial reign of Christ. For a thousand years, Jesus is going to be on the earth. And uh, the devil is going to be locked up and, um, uh, for a thousand years. Uh, and men will still get to make choices, right? So there'll be a lot of people on the earth that are not born again that will still need to be born again during that thousand-year reign. Uh, and, um, um, you know, from my understanding, there will be people from the church that will be ruling and reigning with him. And um, uh, what, the, what that means, how that's going to work, we don't have a lot of details. We just know that he's going to set up a, a kingdom on the earth and he will rule the earth. Uh, and so, and then after a thousand years, then he's going to let the devil go for, uh, it says for a season. We don't know how long that period of time is. Uh, and then he's going to throw the devil in the lake of fire forever, right? Uh, and so, uh, but uh, between now and then, uh, we are the representatives of the Lord on the earth. So if things need to get done in the earth, then it's really us using our prayer time to give the Lord the opportunity to come into the earth. Uh, and so he can't just walk into the earth because people have free will. Uh, and so he can't just make people do things. He can request them to do things. He can ask them to do things. Now in the church, if you're submitted to him, he can tell you to do something in a sense of being your authority. But at the end of the day, you may still say, well, I'm not going to do that. And there, how many people in a church have ever rebelled against the Lord, right? Even when they know what to do. Uh, sometimes by the word, the word of God says, walk in love. Well, I'm not walking in love. Well, okay, that's, you know, that's our choice, of course. But, um, you know, I would encourage you, if the Lord tells you to do something, do it, right? It's to your advantage to do it, amen? Uh, and so, but... In this time period right now, we are in the dispensation of the church, right? So the church age started really in the day of Pentecost. It will go until the rapture. Now, when the rapture, we don't know when it's going to occur. Every generation, you know, thinks it's coming in that generation. You know, even Paul's generation thought it was going to come then. You know, like, like years after the resurrection of Jesus, not centuries. Uh, and so, uh, and why is that? Because every time you look around and go, wow, uh, there's much of sin going on. Jesus got to come back soon, right? So uh, what do you think we're looking around? When, what do we see when we're looking around? A bunch of sin, right? So clearly Jesus is coming back tomorrow. You think he's coming back tomorrow? You know, I mean, I, I, I have no unction, thus saith the Lord, obviously, that uh, he's coming back. But, you know, it seems like some things, maybe. I mean, you know, Israel got restored in 1948, and so that was kind of a big milestone in, in the plan of God. Uh, and so I'm not an end-time expert by any means. Uh, but... Um, uh, you know, the safest way to live is live as if he's coming back tomorrow, but, uh, uh, but also live like he's never coming back at all. Uh, and then that way you've got both, uh, uh, both uh, bases covered, right? Uh, and so uh, while we're on the earth, we are the representatives of the authority of God. 
the church is, right? Not the world, but the church is the, is the representatives of the authority on the, on the earth. And so the Lord has chosen to uh, work through the authority in the church to get the majority of things done. If you look at the word of God, he continues to tell us to ask. He tell, continues to say, tell us to use the name of Jesus. He gave us the name of Jesus to operate in the earth. Uh, and so, so generally speaking, our job is to, uh, is to allow the power of God to go forth by us using our authority. So it's, it, the authority has been granted to us, but the power is the Lord's, right? I mean, it's his, it's his power. It's his authority. He gave it to us. But he, he, generally speaking, doesn't just go out and exercise power without a person on the earth praying first. Uh, and that's the setup. That's the, where we live right now in the earth. Uh, and, uh, and if you think about it, that's, you know, kind of makes sense because he's the head of the church. We're his body. So we are his ambassadors. We are the representatives of the Lord on the earth. We're the same body. So, so whatever the head wants, the body should be doing. Uh, and so we get, we get our instructions and our, um, our marching orders from heaven as far as what to do, when to do it, where to go, what to say. Uh, and then we take that authority with us. And by us being in, in the presence of a situation, then we allow the power of God to operate in that situation because of our authority. Uh, and, um, and that really goes for a lot of things. You know, the, the Bible talks about angels and uh, we, we've not uh, done a, uh, a big study in angels here. We have done it in the church before. And maybe we'll go back and, and uh, readdress that some. But, you know, angels, uh, they can't operate free of authority. They operate really under the authority of the church because they're here to minister for us, not just to us, but for us on our behalf. Uh, and so they will operate really under the authority of the, of the of the church. And so the church is the ones who will be opening the door for the for the angels to operate you know uh when when the angel came and went and to the prison and and busted peter out of prison right remember that in the book of acts well that was after the church had prayed uh and so the the, the churches that we have a lot more authority in the earth than we realize you know that uh, we think well if god wants it to do it you know that he will then you know what's going to happen it won't happen because it's our responsibility to pray it's our responsibility to do the work to allow the Lord to operate in his power. Now, we don't have any inherent power, right? We don't have the ability to heal anybody or to raise anybody from the dead or to cause some manifestation to occur. But we have the ability to use our authority to allow the Lord to operate in that situation. And so just like, you know, if, uh, if someone needs help, you know, uh, and, and although I could help them, I can't really help them until they ask me to help them, right? Now, sometimes, you know, if, if it's really close person or friend or, or relative, I could suggest maybe. But for the most part, it's better to find out what they want. Uh, and do they want me to intervene in any way? Do they want you to intervene in any way? Uh, because by them allowing you, then, then they've given you the authority to operate on their behalf. And that's really what we're doing in the earth as the representatives of the Lord is we are the ones that allow the power of God to operate. You know, there, there are no angels that were assigned to preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel is man's responsibility. Uh, now, the angels can go with you. The angels can be there with you while you minister, and they, they can assist you while you minister. But there are no angels. You see no examples of angels preaching the gospel in the New Testament. It's because they weren't commissioned to do that. They don't, and so that's a higher authority. We have a higher authority to preach than the angels do. Uh, now, the angels have their part to play. Clearly, they do. Uh, and so... And we don't want to get into any kind of cultish 
you know, uh, worshiping of angels or anything like that. That would be foolish. Uh, but um, we're all on the same team, right? And um, there's probably a lot of angels working on our behalf that we don't know. Because uh, you know, we believe God in general that, you know, things like Psalm 91, that uh, he, gives, he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So, uh, but they, they do that because we have chosen to uh, be the authority in the earth by becoming children of the Most High God. And so they're here ministering on our behalf as the, uh, the highest authority on the earth at this point in time. And so at some point, Jesus will come back and he'll be the highest authority. But until then, the church is the highest authority in the earth. And so if you understand that, then, then how you pray will be influenced by that understanding. Amen. Because a lot of people will pray, oh Lord, if it's your will. And, you know, that, that's such a, that's such a, uh, it's really a cop-out because uh, can't we know the will of God? I mean, just forget the supernatural knowledge of the will of God, but just from the knowledge of the word, don't we know the will of God? You know, I mean, you can't come to any conclusion except that it's the will of God for every single person to be healed. Now, that's a controversial statement. It's not really, but people would, would really be upset if they, you know, well, well, I don't believe that at all. Well, that's not really my problem. You know, read the Bible and you'll, you'll come to that conclusion. Uh, but... Um, it's our responsibility to to pray for those things to happen amen and so it's uh, and if we don't do that uh then then uh those healings may not occur amen uh and so so there there's a lot of uh responsibility uh on our part as a church to do our job amen uh and so uh so the angels can do their part uh we do our part and together you know we get we get the job done so uh, let's see. we so we read uh, Ephesians. So we, we were reading last week about who who do we pray to, and we read there in Matthew chapter six it's, that we read the Lord's prayer, right? We, that's just what we call it. Uh, but he started out with, with saying, uh, "Our Father which art in heaven." So who did Jesus say that we're supposed to pray to? We pray to the Father, right? And then turn over to to John chapter sixteen. Uh, and he says here in verse uh, 20, uh, 22, um, well, let's start in verse 23. It says, and in, and in that day, so that day that he's talking about is the day that, uh, that he leaves the earth, right? Uh, and in that day, after I've left, you shall ask me nothing. Uh, so up to this point in time, they were talking to Jesus. If they needed something, they could just ask Jesus directly, right? But he said, when I leave, uh, then you're not going to be able to ask me anything. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So who do we pray to? We pray to the Father, right? You know, that, that is a fairly controversial statement because a lot of people want to pray to Mary. You know, anybody who likes praying to Mary, right? Or Saint so-and-so, right? Uh, and um, some people pray to Jesus. Well, you know, I just, I just like praying to Jesus. That's fine. That's not what the Bible tells you to do, right? Now, you can talk to Jesus, and I think you can fellowship with Jesus, you know, because it talks about we have fellowship with God the Father and the Son, you know, so there is fellowship there. But when you're needing things, when you need to make a request to heaven, who do you go to? You go to specifically to the Father, right? And, and, and how do you go? You go in, in His name, right? So you don't just go like, Lord, uh, you know, Father, I'm here. And I'm so wonderful, 
and uh, you know, I've been so good, so I need you to do something for me. Uh, do we go in our name? Do we go in our works? No, we, we go with the understanding that in and of ourselves, we are unqualified to stand before the, the Lord Most High. But because of what Jesus did, you know, we're, so that's called name dropping, right? You know, oh, oh, you, you ever had anybody name drop? Oh, I, I, I know the mayor. Right? Oh, I know, I, know the, I know the president. Right? Oh, I know the governor. You know, I've actually shook hands with the, one of the governors of Tennessee years ago. And, uh, you know, if you want me to, I'll sign a piece of paper, you know, and after, the, after the, uh, the service here, you know. Uh, that's name dropping, right? I've talked to the governor, right? And we were pretty tight. He doesn't even know who I am, right? And, uh, you know, Brother Hagen has laid hands on me. Uh, he doesn't even know that he did that, right? <laughs> but, you know, I could brag about that. Well, you know, me and Brother Hagen were tight, you know. I mean, he laid hands on me, you know, probably like two, maybe three times, you know. I mean, wow. Of course, Brother Randy did actually know him personally, right? But, you know, sometimes people would name drop, right, and just act like, you know, there's somebody because they, they know somebody's name. And, well, we name drop when we, get the, when we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I'm here in Jesus' name because of what he did. It's not because of me, not my good works, not my great abilities, not my wonderful talents or, you know, anything. It's, it's all about him. And see, if you do that in faith and you understand that in and of yourself, you're unqualified to stand before the Lord. But because of what somebody did on our behalf, see, that makes us qualified. Right. And, and that that requires a little bit of faith on your part, because there's sometimes people will they will miss that part. And so, you know, you've always got some people who think they're so worthy to be worshipped. They'll go before the Father, say, Lord, I'm here, you know, do something for me. And um, as if they're somebody, sometimes people of great wealth think that they're somebody, right? You know, oh, I'm somebody, right? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, when they stand before the Lord Jesus, they'll be like, uh, just forget we ever said anything, right? Hopefully they'll, they'll repent before then. Uh, but um, uh, then you've got the other part of the people that feel un unworthy to go to the Lord about anything. And see, someone like that has really got low faith. Because if you have good faith, just a good, solid faith, you don't have to have even great faith, but just a good, solid amount of faith, you will understand that it's not got anything to do with you. It's got everything to do with in my name, right? And so if it's in his name, then that makes us qualified to go to the Father. Because if you don't do that, if you don't go to the Father, then, then what prayers will he answer on your behalf? Well, if you're not praying any, then there's nothing for him to answer, right? And, and so a lot of people will put their Christian life in neutral. If the Lord wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. And yet, and we're going to read here in just a little bit, how many times did Jesus tell us to ask, right? And if the master, the head of the church, instructed us to ask, then what should we do? Then we should be asking, right? So if we're not asking, then we're in violation of his commandment. Now, we may feel like we're being... Humble, but you know, a humble person, a truly humble person is an obedient person. Uh, you know, it's not humility to say, I'm not going to ask because I'm unworthy. That is not a humble person. That is a disobedient Christian. When the master, the head of the church instructed us to, to go to him and ask, then a humble Christian would say, yes, sir, I will be glad to do that according to your instructions, which is to the father in your name. That's the way you told me to do it. I'll be glad to do it that way. That's the way a truly humble servant of the Lord operates, right? And it doesn't take a lot of faith. You're just doing what you're told to do, right? You go to the Father and, you know, if the Father says, what are you doing here? Which he never do that. But if he, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here by the name of Jesus. Oh, okay, well, come on in, right? Uh, and so 
So we pray to the Father, right? But not just to the Father in his name, right? In the name of Jesus. So that's why we say in the name of Jesus, right? We pray for something and we say in Jesus' name or in the name of Jesus. That's why we do that because, in, number one, he told us to do it. But the understand the reason why we do it is because we're deflecting all the, the qualifications to be there in the presence of the great God in heaven by the work of the Lord Jesus, by what he did, not because of what we did or what we've earned or, or how wonderful we've been. Uh, and if we can understand it, see, it takes some faith to do that. Not a lot of faith, but it takes, takes a little faith to do that, right? You've got to believe that the word is true. You've got to believe and choose to act upon it the way that it's written and not make up stories. Well, I'm not, I don't feel worthy or, you know, uh, you know, I just, if the Lord wants me to have it, all that is foolishness, right? All of that is, is lack of faith. All of that is unbelief. It, it's just, and, it, and it's generally just lazy Christianity, right? It, it's, you're just, you just do what it says. I mean, why is that such a hard thing? But a lot of Christians have a really hard time uh, going to the Lord, right? But Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So I any limitations on that? No. So can we ask whatever the Father, uh, what, can we ask whatever we, we need or want to the Father? Does it say whatever needs you shall ask of the Father, he shall give it to you? No. There's, there's no specifics on that, right? Now, the general understanding of the Word of God is can you ask for sinful things? Lord, I want my neighbor's wife. You know, I want to have the most money in the world so I can be famous. And Lord, I want to be, I want to be worshipped, you know, as a rock star. And Would the Lord answer those prayers? No, those are all foolish prayers, you know, and, and, and there's no need to. Decide. But some people, you, when you talk about this, some people always ask you some absurd thing. Well, you know, then ask for a pink elephant. You know, someone like that needs to grow up, right? Because that's an absurd thing to ask for. And will the Lord give you a pink elephant? No. Uh, there's no promise for pink elephant. There's no promise. There's no pink elephants on the earth. So where's he going to get it, right? He's already made all the animals he's going to make. So, so you know, within the confines of the, the general principles of the word of God, you can ask whatever you want to. So, so what, what would that cover in your life? Everything, right? Didn't he say in First Peter that he's given us all things uh, that pertain to the life of godliness, right? I guess it's in Second Peter. Uh, he's given us all things that pertain to the life of godliness. So, it covers everything. Amen. And it's not hard to understand that it covers everything because that's literally what it says. Whatsoever you ask, that would cover everything. Amen. That would cover your job, your cars, your health, your, your prosperity, your joy, your peace, your, your friendships. I mean, it would cover everything, right? It would cover uh, every aspect of your life. There's not any aspect of your life that they wouldn't cover. Uh, and so uh, he said, so Jesus said, uh, and we know Jesus said it because it's in red, right? Uh, I said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Does it say, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will consider it? And sometimes he'll tell you no, sometimes he'll tell you yes, sometimes he'll tell you maybe not, maybe I've got something better for you, or maybe later. Is any of that, all that stuff, nothing in there like that at all, right? It just says he will give it to you. Uh, and so, number one, you should always make sure that you ask correctly, right? Make sure that you ask specifically, right? Uh, and, you know, I remember I, I was, uh, I guess I was uh, senior in high school. I've been born again for like two years now. You know, I, I already learned all that there was to know about faith, you know, by that time. And, and um, but I remember somebody teaching about prayer. and They said, when you pray, be very specific. Uh, and um, and so I needed a car. I was fixing to go to college. I needed a car. And so I was like, OK, Lord, I, I put my order in. And I, and I thought, well, that, Lord, I would like to have uh, a uh, a car with uh, you know um, uh, a sunroof and i wanted to be a uh, manual transmission 
And, um, you know, I don't remember what all the things I asked for, you know, stereo. Um, and, um, you know, I didn't know any better. I'm just asking, you know, here's what I want, you know, and that's what I got. I got a, you know, my first car had all those things on it. You know, I added the, the sheepskin covers on the seats there after the fact there because they were cool, right? You know, back in the 80s, they were cool, right? That in sideburns, you know, uh, uh, it, I, it was right past the A-track. In fact, it had an A-track player in it. But, you know, I didn't actually own any 8-tracks. I had cassettes. So anybody remember those 8-track cassette adapters? It was like they were this big, like the size of... You stuck the whole thing in the 8-track player, and then the cassette was on the outside, you know, the ginormous thing. And then uh, and you put your cassette there in there. So I was pretty high-tech, you know. I had this big, giant thing in there. And so... But, you know, that's what they told me to do. And so... And I didn't know any better. I just assumed that when the Lord said, pray what you asked for, then, then you'll get that. And that's exactly what I got. I paid $750 for the car. Uh, and um, it needed a lot of work, and, and, uh, but it, it lasted all the way up until I graduated college. And the week after I graduated college, I started my first job as an engineer. It died. I mean, it just, the transmission blew, you know, the engine blew, I, you know, I don't know, all the Ford, I mean, it just died. It was a hor- horrible death. Uh, it wasn't an accident or anything. It just, just one day just started and nothing happened, right? Uh, and, but it got me all the way through college. And, and, um, uh, and so, uh, so, you know, when you pray, he said, whatsoever you should ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So when you say, well, Lord, I, you know, I'd like to have a car. What kind of car you want? I don't know. Well, what's the Lord going to do with that, right? Um, you know, you should be specific about what you ask him because if, if I went to you and said, hey, can you help me out? Sure, what do you need? Just whatever. Well, what does that even mean, right? I mean, can you help me? Yeah, what, what do you want to do? Just, I don't know, just anything. Uh, well, then there's nothing for me to do, right? But in that ambiguous, and that would frustrate you to no ends. Well, just, you know, just whatever you want to do, it's fine. Well, I mean, do you want me to paint or sweep or, or cook or clean or, I don't know, just anything, it's fine, you know? You'd be like, you're crazy. Get out of my face, right? Uh, but how many people go to the Lord like that? Lord, just whatever you want me to do. Just whatever you want to bless me with. Just anything's fine. The Lord's like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, you know, a, um, uh, he's not our servant, right? We serve him. But the master has instructed us to operate this way. So as humble servants of the Lord, we go with, uh, you know, with, with great um, forethought about when we approach the Lord. Amen. We don't go disrespectfully. We don't go in such a way that, that we, we rest upon our own good, good works. Uh, but we do go uh, as the master instructed us. So he said to he told us to ask the father. In his name, whatever we need or want, right? There's no limit to need or want there. Uh, and he will give it to you. Now, if you violate the word of God, and we will look at other scriptures as we go along, if you violate the general principles of the word of God of, you know, I want, I want, Lord, I want more glory than anyone else in the world. Well, would the Lord do that? No. Is it obvious that he won't do that? It's obvious he won't do that. I think 99% of the time, it's obvious what he will and won't do in your life. Amen. Uh, and so... To split hairs and to come up with all these hypothetical situations is just an excuse to not believe God. Amen. I'm going to believe God. And if I miss it and if I ask for more than I ought to ask for in the sense of, Lord, you know, I want, Lord, I want to have the biggest church in town so I can be somebody. Right. Would the the Lord answer that prayer? Well, we know he wouldn't answer that prayer because it's an absurd prayer. But um, could there be some areas that maybe we're getting a little bit on the on the edge? Right. Uh, And so. It helps to be led by the Spirit of God because He will check your heart. If you start to ask for something that's beyond uh, where you should be, 
then he will check your heart. And he's like, no, don't, don't ask for that. Uh, because you'll be in violation of his will if you do, right? Uh, and so, but you know, if Lord, uh, Lord I'd, I'd like a raise. Anything wrong with asking for a raise, you know? I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with asking for a raise. Lord, I'd like a, a car that I don't have to wind up every day, you know? Uh, I think that'd be okay, right? Well, well you, know, and, uh, you know, Jared's been, been round and round with some of these people that, you know, that go to the first church of doubt and unbelief. Uh, and um, they said, well, you can only ask for small things. Well, who's, the, who's the decider of how big a thing is? Because if you're measuring against the Lord, is there anything big for the Lord? No, so you can ask for a car, but not a nice car. Well, based on whose measurements, right? And a lot of times, I remember uh, Dr. Dufresne was teaching about some of these things, and somebody, there was actually a fellow from Mexico, he said, uh, that gospel doesn't work in Mexico. And does it say, what you ever should ask the Father in my name, as long as you live in the United States of America, you'll, you'll get it? No, so is there any geographical limitation on this verse? No, I mean, it's absurd to say something like that, right? Well, that doesn't work, in our, that doesn't work for us. You know, that doesn't work for people like us. Then come over to our side because, you know, it's not us and them, it's all of us. We're the children of the Most High God, right? Uh, and so to say things like that, I mean, to even say something like that, to me, it, it says, I know the Word of God says that, but it doesn't work for me. Well, that is a, is a grave error that is an offense to the Lord Most High who spoke these words to us and wrote them down through blood, the blood, sweat, and tears of the apostles, wrote them down for our benefit, and then, and then watched over these. You think about, you know, he said this 2,000 years ago, and he protected that word that was written down by these apostles for us to find centuries later. You know, they could have been lost. After, I mean, after Jesus died, and uh, you know, the church was there in Jerusalem, but... In 70 A.D., the Romans came in and destroyed all of, all of Jerusalem, right? They ransacked and burned everything, destroyed everything, scattered the church to, to the four corners of the earth. And somehow we managed to keep the Gospels and the words of Jesus. It, it's a, literally a miracle that we even have these words, right? And so he, he, he was a caretaker over these words to make sure that we could read someday, whatsoever we ask the Father in his name, he will, he will give it to us. That's a pretty good deal. Amen. So uh, then, then, of course, the, the one thing that, uh, that I do on a regular basis when I read a verse is I'm always looking for what's my part, what's God's part. So do I have any part in this verse? Sure, I do. What's my part? To ask. What's uh, 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 the second part of my part is I need to ask in his name. So, so it's not just asking. There's a way to ask. And then what's the father's part? He will give it. That's the order of events, right? So if I just say, well, Lord, if you want me to have it, you'll just give it to me. He's like, I'm still waiting on you. I told you what to do. I gave you the order of the things that I want to, to happen, that I want you to be in faith, for you to come to me, for you to ask of me, and for you to do it in the name of Jesus. That's how I want you to do it. And yet there will be people who still say, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, then what's the Lord required to do? Nothing. He, uh, he's not required to just sovereignly move on your behalf. And he can. I believe he can. I believe sometimes he does. But there's no guarantee that he will. And if you've got an attitude about that, well, you know, if the Lord wants to have it, he'll have it. He'll be like, well, then, then I'll see you in heaven. I mean, it, you know, I wouldn't push the Lord. You know, he, he's the Lord, right? Uh, our, our response should be, yes, sir. That's how you instructed me to do it. I'll be glad to do it just that way. And so I wanted to read uh, these in, in a couple different translations as well. 
Uh, one translation says, and in that day you shall ask me no question about anything. Most assuredly, I am saying to you, whatever you shall request of the Father, he will give it to you in view of all that I am in his estimation. Up to this time, you requested not even one thing in my name. Be constantly making requests. And so one of the points uh, that the word ask there means it's a continuous action. Uh, and this translator understood that. And so he's translating this with the thoughts that this asking is a continuous uh, process. He said, uh, be constantly making requests. Uh, and that right there would make a lot of people upset. But that's what the word ask means. It's, it's a continual process that, that we don't stop. We don't just ask one. Well, I asked once about one thing and, you know, I don't want to bother the Lord. You know, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm bothering you, Lord. But what did he say? He literally said, be constantly asking me for things that you have need or desire in this earth. Constantly, right? And I understand when I say constantly, it doesn't mean that you just never stop asking and begging things. You know, it, it's just that, that if you need something, you ask. If you want something, you ask. Uh, it, it's, and, you know, but right this very second, if you don't need anything, you don't need to be, you know, making up stuff, obviously, you know, so we're not talking about being foolish. Uh, but be constantly making a request and you shall receive in order that your joy, having been filled com completely full, might persist in the state of fullness in present time. Uh, and so, you know, verse 24, I, I like the end of that, that your joy may be full. You know, is your joy full when you are in lack of the, in this earth in, in any capacity, whether you lack in understanding or lack in, in, in finances or lack in joy or lack in peace or lack in health? Is there any joy in lack? No, Jesus said your joy can only be full because what he said, ask. And after you ask, then your joy is full, right? And actually the order is ask, then you receive and your joy is full. That's how, how your joy is full. It, it's technically not possible for your joy to be full when you're in the state of want uh, because that's not what Jesus said. Be full of joy, you know, and all these things. I know we can be thankful in, in everything and I understand that. But he said... That this process is the way it works is to be fullest of joy is to have the fruit of your prayers being answered. And so be constantly making requests and you shall receive in order that your joy having been filled completely full might persist in that state of fullness in present time. Another translation says on that day you will not ask me any question. I assure you that whatever you ask the father he will give you in my name. Up till now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you, and you will receive that your joy may be overflowing. So, uh, you know, the Lord's not just a barely kind of full kind of Lord, is he, right? He's an overflowing kind of Lord, amen? Uh, and, and we know this verse, but uh, I think it'd be helpful to, to uh, read this verse, uh, just finishing up, talking about who do we pray to. So we pray, we know we pray to the Father. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. We know we, we pray uh, in the name of Jesus, right? So not just praying. Is there any other name that we can come to the Lord in? No, there's only one name of Jesus, right? There's not, there's not two names of Jesus. There's not Buddha or, or um, you know, all roads lead to heaven. That's not true at all. Uh, and so, uh, and I like the way that the first translation said that was in Weiss translation. He said, he will give it to you in view of all that I am in his estimation. So how much is Jesus in the estimation of the Father? He's everything, right? So, uh, you know, you ever had, you ever, you ever, had to had to name drop, you know, like the boss tells you, hey, go over there. And they ask you to just tell them I told you uh, to, told you to pick that up. And you go over there and you start doing something and they go, hey, you can't be doing that. Well, the boss told me, oh, OK, the boss told you to. I mean, you ever been in a situation like that? You know, we've all been there, right? The boss or the 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 uh, 
You know, I know when, when, whenever I was, uh, uh, this was after, after my dad died, my mom was still alive, but she was in a hospital. Um, actually, no, it was, after my, it was after my mother died. And so there was a period of time when we were all just living at home and, and uh, my sister was kind of taking care of us. You know, there were still three of us that were minors at the time. Uh, and so, uh, but at that point in time, you know, I hadn't gone through all the way through puberty, right? So my voice hadn't changed. So I figured out I could call the house and talk like my sister and tell my brothers what to do and they would do it. And so I would do that every now and then. I'd call them and say, hey, clean the dishes before I get home. And so they would do the dishes, you know, before I got home, you know, but after I hit puberty, you know, and I started talking differently to my sister, you know, but, uh, but before that, you know, I could talk, you know, in her name and, you know, now see if I called up and said, hey, this is you know, the youngest brother, do the dishes, they'd just click, they'd just hang up, right? I mean, I'd get, I'd get no favor, whatever, right? But I call up, hey, this is Gloria, you know, and, and I don't know if Gloria, if she's watching this, if you, she, she may not know I ever did that, right? But I did that, you know, not many times because I knew I wouldn't, it wouldn't work all the time, but, you know, it was worth a shot and it worked, you know, pretty good every now and then. So, uh, so in, in his estimation, right? So in the estimation of my brothers, see, my sister was the boss. Me, not so much. But see, I could go in her name, get everything done, right? And so, see, I've learned about faith a long time ago, right? I learned all about this, you know, uh, uh, impersonating my sister. Uh, and so, but here in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, it says in verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, uh, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when, when we come to the Father, you know, the throne of grace, right? Uh, and, you know, I mean, sometimes you can look at this, and, and um, you know, this could be Jesus sitting on the, on the throne here, but the point is we're, we're coming to God, but how do we come to the Lord? He said, come boldly. And that's the part that word boldly is the part that is a measure of how much faith that you have. Uh, in a sense that uh, if you really are a person of faith, see, you can go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, in and of myself, I am unworthy. But the Lord Jesus has done great things for me and on your behalf. And so I come to you boldly because you instructed me to. You told me to. It's not even an instruction. It's a commandment. You commanded me to come to you. And so I come to you in his name and I, I have these petitions that I have need of. Uh, and so, so we go to the Father, we go in the name of Jesus, and we go boldly. Uh, and if you, if you uh, violate any of those principles, if you come begging, Lord, you know, I'm so unworthy. See, it, it's okay to understand that you're unworthy in and of yourself, but to say that you're unworthy says that the Lord's work didn't really apply to you. So that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a mischaracterization of what the Lord has done for you. In and of yourself, are you worthy of anything? You're worthy of nothing. In fact, you're worthy of death, right? You, all of us are worthy to go to hell because of our actions and prior, prior things that we've done. But because of the Lord Jesus, say, person of faith understands that. So, Lord, you know, I know I'm nobody, but he is somebody. And you told me to come in his name, in the somebody's name. And so I'm here uh, by your instruction, by the instruction of the head of the church that you appointed uh, to ask you something. Uh, and, and that's really, see, if you don't do that, then you're in violation of the word of God. You're in violation of what he instructed us to do. Uh, and you may think that you're being humble. You may think that, well, you know, I don't want to come boldly because that's, you know, that sounds like pride. Because a lot of times if you're bold, people say you're in pride. Didn't, that, didn't they say Jesus was in pride all the time? You know, they accused him of all manner of evil. And a lot of times if you're bold, they think you're in pride. But we, 
It's, this is not our instructions. We were given these instructions by the head of the church, right? So we're supposed to operate this way. So if, if you want to have a, a, a successful prayer life, one, always understand that in and of yourself you're unworthy. Number two, that you've been given instructions about how to pray and to whom to pray to, uh, and, and then how you approach the Lord when you come. So, you know, I know when, when my kids were real little, they'd come and just, you know, just beg. Oh, please, 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 please. And I just, I'd shut it down. I'd say, number one, we don't beg. If you want something, you just ask for it. Uh, and if you ask correctly and if you ask the right way, pretty much the answer will always be yes, because that's what the Lord instructed us, right? And you can ask all of my kids, how many times did, they ever, was, did I ever just tell them no? When they asked for anything. You know, uh, it was very rare. And the times that I told them no was when they violated the principles of the, the word of God. You know, they'd say, hey, dad, instead of going to church, can we go to a concert or something? Uh, and I'd tell them no. And I said, you should have never asked that to begin with, because that, that's that's in violation of the word of God. We're not going to, you know, um, prioritize a natural thing over the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so. Uh, so he gave he gave us instructions about about who to go to in what name to go to, and how to go to the Lord. And it's our responsibility to train ourselves to do all these things, amen? Because it's really easy to go to the Lord in boldness if you understand why you're able to be bold, right? I'm not able to be bold because I am somebody, I am such a wonderful person, I've done so many things for you, Lord. And, you know, there, there was, uh, I remember Brother Hagin told the story about this lady that was in prayer line, and he was going down praying for people. And, and so um, this lady was praying as he got, got to her, and, and she was just saying, Lord, you know, I do more in this church than anybody else does. You know, I, I deserve to be healed. Now, see, who, who was, whose name was she going to the Lord in? Her own name, right? In the estimation of her, right? Now, we may think that compared to the guy sitting next to us, we've done more for the Lord, but that's not how the Lord's going to measure us. He's going to measure you according to you, right? Have you done everything you were supposed to do? No, but I've done more than that guy has, you know. Well, that's not the measurement, right? We don't go in the name of the other guy, right? We go only in the name of Jesus. And so uh, Brother Hagin said she, she didn't receive anything because she was going to the Lord, kind of begging, right? A lot of times people go to the Lord in, in tears. Lord, please do this, you know, please do this for me. Uh, and I can understand sometimes emotions getting involved and, you know, and there can be, an, there can be and we'll talk about it as we go through the specific types of prayers, there can be times when there, there are tears involved, and you know, especially when you get into intercession. Uh, but you have to be careful of, of trying to uh, manipulate the Lord with your emotions. Because a lot of times people will, they won't go in faith. They will go and just, Lord, I'm hurting so bad. And Lord, you know, I'm so tired of being poor. And Lord, I, I need this thing so bad. You know how bad I really want this. More than anything in the world, I really want that. What are they doing? They're trying to manipulate the Lord by their emotions because he just said, come boldly. He didn't say beg and plead and, and even, you know, uh, 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 manipulate the Lord with your emotions. Um, he said, just come boldly and ask whatever you want and it'll, and it'll be done for you. Right. And so we, we've got to make sure that we don't try to manipulate the Lord because he is the, the, the least influenced by our tears. Amen. As far as us begging and pleading. Amen. And I understand if it's sincere, you know, that may be OK. But a lot of times it's not sincere. It's just, you know, people begging the Lord. And, and uh, it's really disrespectful because we're supposed to come boldly, not 
as if we're nothing, right? And we sure don't go with the thoughts that, well, I deserve something because I give more money to the church than anybody else does. I do more for the church than anybody else does. I, you know, I'm such a wonderful person. That's coming boldly in your estimation, amen? Uh, and so, you know, be careful about that, right? Uh, and so, uh, we're about out of time, but I want to just read, we'll, we'll read the very first verse of the very first type of prayer. Turn over to, to Mark 11. So we're going to go through about eight different types of prayer uh, as we go through this. And the reason why we're going to go through these different types of prayer because uh, how you operate in these prayers are dependent upon uh, the circumstance, what it is that, that's going on. And, uh, and so depending on the circumstance, you need, you need to know which type of prayer to employ and what rules govern those types of prayers. And so um, and it's not like it's legalism, like it's the law. It's, you know, we do know in general that we go to the Lord in his name, right? And, that, and so that's, that's the, the basic uh, premise of that. But the other uh, specifics of these types of prayers, we'll see as we go through there, uh, what, what the things we need to learn from them. So uh, let's see, I'm not in Mark 11, I'm Mark somewhere else. And so uh, over Mark 11, uh, let's start in verse 22. Uh, he says, and um, Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. That comes before anything else after he says, right? And so can we uh, avoid verse 22 without, uh, and still get 23 and 24 operating in our lives? Not going to happen, right? So um, if you want these things to operate in your life, have faith in God. Well, well what does that mean? You know, I've always been curious about why people think faith is so hard. Because faith is not really hard. Faith is the word of God says it. Do you choose to believe that? Uh, and, and so that's really all faith is. Is that, is that hard to understand? That, that is not, that sometimes, you know, if, you're, if, if you've been trained to be a person of doubt and unbelief, you know, you go to the first church of doubt and unbelief all your life, and suddenly you, you realize, hey, the word of God is true. You know, it'll take a while for you to change your thought pattern, right? That, oh, you know, I don't ask the Lord for things. You know, if he wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. Well, is that what the word says? No, it's not what the word says. So, um, so here in, uh, in Mark uh, eleven twenty two, have faith in God. So that's, that's, that's the, uh, uh, the minimum requirement to get started. Amen. If you don't have that, don't even bother. Amen. Well, I don't have any faith, but I'm going to ask the Lord anyway. And, and if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. If not, then he never wanted me to have to begin with. See, that's what a lot of people think. But see, that violates, number one, the very first verse there, right? Verse 22. Because it, saying, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. If not, he won't. Is there any faith in that statement? See, faith is, the Lord said he would do something. The Lord will do something. That's, sim- that's all faith is, right? The Lord said it, he'll do it. Faith is not, I don't know if the Lord said it, and who knows if he'll do it. Is that faith? But some people think that's faith, right? Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, he'll have it. And I trust in him. Not really trusting him about anything, right? What are you trusting him in? If he wants you to have it? I mean, you know, uh, if, if uh, you need somebody to help you next Tuesday, say, hey, would you help me next Tuesday? Uh, and, uh, you know, well, maybe you didn't even ask that. You just said, well, I need somebody to come next Tuesday. Well, if you ask anybody, no. But I know so-and-so could help me. And I'm trusting that, if, that, uh, that, uh, that they'll come if, uh, uh, if they want to. You, is that actually trusting him that they'll come? Now, as if you went to somebody and said, hey, will you come Tuesday? And you asked somebody that you knew had good 
good character, well, then you would trust them they would be there, right? Because you knew that you asked them and they said they would. And so, you know, now some people you ask that and 50-50 if they'll show up or not, right? But other people ask them and, and the earth would have to stop spinning before they don't show up, right? I mean, they'll be there no matter what. If you don't even, they, they, they'll be there, right? Uh, see, that's trusting, that's trusting somebody. It's not trusting somebody, well, if, if, if he wants to come, he'll come. How's that trusting anybody? It's not trusting anything. That's just roll the dice, right? But you hear a lot of those phrases in the church, don't you? Things that aren't even faith. They sound like faith. They've got words like Jesus and God and prayer. And, you know, they got words that sound like Christianity, but they're not faith at all, right? But Jesus said the, the minimum starting point is have faith in God. In other words, read what he says, believe that. You know, uh, Smith Wigglesworth used only believe, only believe. He, they, they said, they'd say he'd just walk the, 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 uh, uh, the stage many times, just back and forth, only believe, only believe. That's, he just over and over, only believe. You know, he just loved faith. He was a man of faith. You know, he, in fact, they called him the apostle of faith. You guys, only believe. That's all you got to do, just believe. Believe what? Just believe what was said. That's all you got to do, right? And that's, I mean, that's as simple as it comes, and it's as, as, it's as true today as it was a hundred years ago when he was on the earth, right? Uh, and so, uh, have faith in God. For verily I say unto thee, whatsoever shall ask, uh, whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So, the have faith in God, does that apply to verse 22? It does, right? In fact, does it apply to the, every other verse in the Bible? It does, amen? Uh, but he says... Uh, in verse 23, so in verse 23, uh, is there any request made to heaven for them to do something? Right, because remember we read uh, there in John, ask the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. In John chapter 16, but here, are we asking the Father to do anything in verse 23? There's no prayer to the Lord to do anything, so this is not a prayer in the sense of, of a request made to heaven. We're not asking the Father to do anything. This, verse 23, and we read that because we have to get to verse 24, but verse 23 is you operating in the authority of the believer to execute the will of God on the earth. So there's no request to heaven. Uh, there's just you operating in your authority. So we're going to kind of set that aside because we're not talking about authority right now. We're talking about prayer, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is verse 24. It's now, now, does verse 23 require faith? It does, it's just not a prayer, right? There's not a request made to heaven. In verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So according to John chapter 16, to whom do we pray? The Father, right? So does he need to repeat himself that, uh, that it's to the Father? No, he already said that we pray to the Father. So we know that we pray to the Father. Does it say, how do we pray? No, we already know from John 16 that we pray to the Father in whose name? In the name of Jesus. So that's implied here because, you know, Jesus said all these things. We put them all together to find out what he wants us to do. But he said, what things serve you desire? So that sounds like John chapter 16, right? What's your, whatever you ask the Father in my name. Uh, and so is there a limit to these things? Whatsoever you desire. So notice it's what you desire. So, well, what do you desire? Well, I don't know. I just want a car. Well, what kind of car do you want? I don't know. Well, how many doors do you want it to have? I don't know. How many wheels do you have to have? I don't know. It's four okay. How about three and a half? I mean, I don't know. You know, you want square wheels, round wheels? I don't know. You know, some people, they just, you know, some people, they just, their personalities, for some reason, they have a hard time being specific, right? 
Now, sometimes, I, you know, it does, you know, I mean, you want a car, but, you know, there's some people, I gotta, it's got to be, you know, you know, Sierra Orange. Nothing else will do. Oh, it has to be burnt Sierra Orange, and that's it. Well, I don't want no red car. I don't want a white in a car. You know, I don't want a black car. Uh, it's got to be that one orange color, right? And, you know, I mean, that's pretty specific, but, you know, hey, that's what you want. You know, whatever, right? Uh, now, for me, it's like, you know, I kind of like this color, but, you know, I, it's more like, well, I don't like that color. But these colors over here, you know, I kind of like this one or that one or that one, right? And so uh, it's not that I have, uh, I mean, you can be specific down to the atom if you want to, I guess, right? Uh, but he said, what things serve you desire? Uh, so what's your desire? Uh, you know, we know the, the Old Testament says that he'll give you the desires of your heart, and you can read that in one of two ways. Either he'll, whatever your desires you have, he'll give it to you, or, you know, he'll put desires in you that you should have, right? And both can be true. You know, really, uh, what you want to do is live a life that's, that is pleasing to the Lord to the point that, you know, whatever he wants is what you want. But, you know, he didn't make you a, an individual. And with certain likes and, you know, uh, you know, I mean, how many wars are fought over, uh, over Ford versus Chevy? Right? Oh, you, I'm a Ford man. Oh, I'm a Chevy man, you know. And, and I mean, just, you know, people would just, uh, you know, if, if they find out you're a Chevy man, it's like, well, you know, I thought you were somebody, but I don't, I'm not sure anymore, you know. I mean, huh? I mean, that just, you know, that you, you go down a notch, right? You, uh, you know, I really like Chevy. And go, really? Wow, you know, I thought you was all right till then, you know. Uh, and, you know, uh, some of that stuff can be kind of foolish after a while. But, you know, if you, if you prefer one brand over another brand, you know, I mean, fine, right? Uh, no problem with that. Now, what we need to be careful of is don't diminish somebody else because of their desires, right? I remember there used to be a big deal about, um, you know, uh, well, you know, you've got to have a carburetor engine. You know, you can't have these fuel-injected stuff. That's for sissies, you know, these, carburetor that's where that's where it's at real a real an engine right and so i remember i had a, a motorcycle and it, it was fuel injected and my buddies who had the carbureted engine you know oh you know these carburetor engines you know that's really where it's at you know until you know they were reading my license plate all the time because you know they couldn't keep up with me and my fuel injected uh car you know we won't tell you how fast we were going you know because my wife's here so uh but um but you know, it's it just, there's a lot of that stuff that it gets foolish after a while, right? Because I really don't care, right? I mean, I want, I want what I want, but, you know, if it's got this particular small thing versus that thing, you know, no big deal. But, but he said, what things serve you desire? So, you know, if you're living a life pleasing to the Lord, your desires are, are generally lined up with the Lord's already. He wants the kingdom of God to be advanced. You want the kingdom of God to be advanced. He wants his children taken care of. You don't mind being taken care of, right? He wants his children well fed. You don't mind eating. I mean, those, are, those are desires are lined up with the Lord. Do you think he wants all those desires? He does, right? And we'll, we'll look at some of those specifics as we, as we go along. Uh, and so, but he said, what things are we desire? So, you know, you're, one, of, one of the important things to do is always make sure your desires are lined up with the Lord. And one thing that I do on a regular basis when I pray is if it's something that, that may be not necessarily covered by the word of God, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe... Um, I come into a bunch of money, and maybe I'm thinking about buying a new car. Anything wrong with having a new car? Nothing wrong with having a new car. But, you know, there may be something that, that the Lord was intending for you to do with that money other than buy a new car, right? And so a lot of times what I'll do is I, I will go to the Lord prior to asking for that thing. I'll go and say, Lord, I would like to know if you would like me to do anything with this money 
you know, before I do anything else with it, right? And so is, do you have any plans for this? Would you like me to do anything special? Would you like me to give some of it away? Would you like me to give it all away, right? Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want, Lord. And, and then, see, then when, uh, that way I'm never selfish. Then after that point in time, then I can go to the Lord. Uh, if I don't sense any, any directions about that and don't sense any hesitation on me asking for that, then I say, well, Lord, then I'd like to have a new car and I'd like, you know, this thing, this thing on the car, whatever it is. Uh, and see, then it's okay, right? Then my desires are lined up with the word of God. Uh, and, and you'll always be okay with that, right? And I remember one time we, we uh, got a, another vehicle and, and we still had our old one. And so, um, you know, we had a few faith people come up to us in church and, boy, I sure would like to have a car just like that one. You know, the ones you're going to give away, you know. I sure would like to have a car just like that more than anything else in the world. You know, that's really manipulation, right? That's, that's, that's uncalled for, right? That's not faith at all. That's just manipulation. But I'm not moved by that. So, you know, I went to Lord and said, I don't care. You want me to give it away? No problem. I'll give it away tomorrow. But, you know, if you don't want me to give it away, I'll do whatever you want me to. He said, well, sell it and hang on to the money. No problem. I sold it. You know, some people were mad. You know, they didn't get that free thing. And, and um, you know, we're all supposed to walk by faith. Amen. And I know, you know, and we've given away vehicles. We've given away, uh, I don't know how many vehicles, but, you know, we've given away vehicles, multiple vehicles. And, um, uh, you know, so it's nothing. I don't care. If the Lord tells me to give it away, I'll give it away. But if he tells me to sell it and hang on to the money, I'll sell it and hang on to the money. And so eventually, you know, uh, all that money that we got from that sale, we gave it all of it away. You know, he told us to give some of it to this one person. And after that, you know, then somebody else, uh, we found out that had a need and we, we talked about it, you know. And, and we said, well, how much do we, should we give to them? And, and we said, well, how much this much? Well, that wasn't the right number, you know. So... You know, and uh, we go up, you know, we don't go, well, maybe it's half that much. You reckon the Lord wants to give us half that much, you know? I mean, maybe, maybe he does. I don't know, but, but I've never known the Lord to go down. So we went up and finally we kept going up and, and finally, we said, what if we just give it all, all the rest of it to him? And that was the number, right? And okay, just write him a check, you know, give him, a, give him that number there to that person. And um, we found out later they came to us and, and so that was the exact amount of money that we were believing God for. Now, they didn't, they didn't come to us. We just found out, you know, in general that they had that need. Uh, and, and, you know, that way, see, I'm never in fear that if I don't ask, you know, I'm not going to get it right now. See, a lot of times people are driven in their faith walk by fear. See, you should always have the general understanding, the Lord's always going to take care of me. No matter what I do, if he tells me to give it all away, I'm still going to be okay. Amen. Because he told Peter, if you've given anything away, he'll return to you a hundredfold, right? So what could you lose out on? There's nothing you can lose out on. So if he tells you to give it away, just, you just give it away, right? No big deal. Uh, and so, uh, so what do you desire? And, you know, if you, if you go to the Lord and say, well, Lord, I'd like a car, he's going to ask you what kind of car you want. I don't know. And, you know, if, if you really don't care, then maybe that's okay, right? But if you just kind of wishy-washy, well, I, I, do, I do know, but I don't want to ask that, you know, because, you know, I, it's, you know. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's, that's, that's for you to decide. Amen. Where are you? Making sure that your desires lined up with the word of God, lined up with the will of God. And, but, but inside that, there's a large area that you could still be in, uh, in the will of God on. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and, and I know, you know, we to go, we got to go. So we'll just finish up this verse and go on. But, uh, so you first start with a the desire, then you pray, you ask the Lord, the Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, and then you believe that you receive them. So having prayed, when do you believe that you receive them? 
before you have them, right? So desire, pray, believe, receive. That's the order of this verse, right? And um, people get mad. Well, name it and claim it. You know, that's not, that doesn't work. That's not godly. Literally what this verse says, right? You name what you want. You, you believe that you receive it. Lord, I believe I receive that. Let's claim it, right? And then you get it. So there's no other way around it, right? Now, they use that name and claim it in a negative sense to, to act like we're in pride or we're out of the will of God, but we're not. We're actually in the will of God doing what he said, amen? In fact, he, he said one of the time we read it earlier, but the Father knows that you have need of these things, but still do what? He still wants you to ask. So you're actually in rebellion to the Lord if you don't ask. And, and, you know, if you try to manipulate the Lord, you're in witchcraft, right? And so just do it the way he told us to do it. Whatever you desire, what things you desire, when you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now, to me, 1124 is just as simple as it can be, right? Well, I believe it when I see it. Well, then you've got things out of order, right? Then you, then you are what things you desire. When you pray, receive them and then you'll believe that you have them. But why do you need to believe that you have them if you already have them? But there's no need for that, right? Uh, and so you need to believe them prior because that's faith, right? I believe that the Lord will do what he said he would do. That's all that this verse is saying is you need to believe that I told you that I would give you whatever you desire. And that's the faith part, right? Well, the Lord, then I asked you, and so I know that you will because you told you you would. So that's the faith part, right? Have faith in God. So the faith is if you believe that the Lord hears your prayers and he does what he says he's going to do, that he's going to give you whatever you desire, whatever you ask for, then that's what you believe. Then I believe, then what I said, uh, what I've asked for, then you're going to do that, amen? Now, is that really that hard to understand? It's not really that hard to understand, but doing that sometimes for some people, if they've never been trained that way, it's, it's nearly like nails on a chalkboard because they feel like they're in pride or they feel like, you know, I, you know, I can't do that. You know, I can't just demand God do something for me. Well, we're not demanding God. He told us to do it this way, right? So how is that a demand, right? Uh, you know, uh, people at work, uh, well, you know, how'd you get that raise? I just went and asked, well, I hope I get a raise. Were you going to ask? No, but I hope they give me one too. Well, that ain't fair that you got one and I didn't get one. Yeah, but I asked. Yeah, but you know, they all just give it to everybody. Well, they, didn't, they give it to people who ask, right? They said, if you want a raise, come and ask us, you know. Otherwise, we'll just let you stay where you're at, you know, dollar an hour for the rest of your life, I guess, right? But some people, they just want to ask. Well, if they want me to have it, they'll give it to me. Yeah, but they told you to ask. Yeah, but well, that ain't fair, you know. It's not got nothing to do with fair or nothing. It's just, that's the instructions, right? That's the master's instructions. The head of the church gave us the instructions. Humble service of the Lord. Yes, sir, I'll be glad to do it that way. Amen. Is that pretty simple? I think it's as simple as it can be. But it's profound. It'll change everything in your life, right? Now, this is the prayer of faith. Uh, and, and we got a few more things to look at, that prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is the number one prayer that you'll pray in your life. It'll, you'll use it the most. you use it the most often. You should learn how, to, how it works. You should learn, you know, Mark eleven twenty four is the good, is probably the best template for how it works, right? But we, John 16, we looked at that verse. We'll look at a few other verses related to that as well. But it, it's the one that you, when you need something, that you ask. Or when you desire something, you ask. That's the plan, right? So that covers the majority of your life, doesn't it? I mean, whether it's jobs or houses or food or clothes or health or peace or joy or whatever it is that you have need of, you know, joy is actually a result of your prayer life, right? So you don't ask, ask for joy. It's, a, uh, you know, in fact, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. What's the second fruit of the Spirit? Joy. Love, joy, peace, right? 
Well, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a result of a prior action of faith. Well, the prior action of faith is you asking the Lord for something that your joy may be full. So you can't actually ask the Lord for joy because he said it comes as a result of you asking for something else in faith. So I know sometimes we kind of wrap that up as, well, you can just ask for joy, but you really technically can't ask for joy. It's, it's a fruit of you asking for your desires to be met, which makes it pretty simple, right? But then that's why a lot of people aren't full of joy because they're not asking anything, right? Or don't believe in for anything, you know, either, either case, amen? So I know we've got to go. We'll pick this up a little bit next week and continue on with the prayer of faith. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the instructions you gave to us, Father, that's clear, it's unambiguous, Father. It's, it's uh, instructions that's been given to us by the head of the church uh, through the direction of the Father in heaven that you desired, Father, for us to pray to you this way. And so we're glad to do it according to your word uh, and, and by your spirit in the name of Jesus. We thank you for giving us these words, Father. They're, they're precious to us. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this evening's uh, uh, offering here. And, um, um, you know, I, I think this would be a good, a good refresher. Amen. Uh, we probably all know how to pray, but I think just having some good foundational principles about these things, you know, Hopefully, we'll increase our level of faith in that, that area. We'll get some more things done. Amen. Uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared. And so we're not saying that you don't get anything done, but, you know, the more word we have, the more faith we can operate in. Amen. The more faith we operate in, the, the more our lives will be full of joy. Uh, and so uh, I think it'll be all right. Amen. Uh, so we've got, uh, we've got, uh, I think, eight, eight or nine. How many are there? Uh, I've got eight types of prayer. Uh, that we'll go through amen and some of these may not take as long as a prayer of faith i think it's good to to talk a little bit more of the prayer of faith because it's the one that we'll spend the most time in amen so we'll see we'll uh, shut her down we'll see if there's any uh, snow on the roads right and so if there is be careful driving home i'm sure it won't be enough to uh, be at any danger right now but um, uh, you be blessed and we'll see you all on sunday